Hello and welcome to a brand new, very special episode of Super Lady Hero Hour. We are so excited to have you join us as we talk about Marvel's MODOK over on Hulu. I am Yel Teagle. I'm joined as always by the amazing KB. Hello, KB. Hello, hello. Thank you everyone for joining us as we dive into the very first season of Marvel's MODOK. So here is the quick cap for the series. It centers around an egomaniacal supervillain with a really big head and a really little body who struggles to maintain control of his evil organization and his demanding family. That literally, I'm not even mad at this quick cap because it 100% sums up the series. So how are you feeling overall about this, uh, I guess I'm going to call it animated feat, but animated series. Sure. Um, I tend to not like animated series. We've talked about this before with Invincible, that it was a pleasant surprise, the same way I felt about um, Harley Quinn series. I also was surprised at how much I enjoyed those. This was not that. Um, usually when I like a series or when I don't like an animated series, I want to see it live action. And I feel like that will improve it. Even if it's good, it can improve it. I do not think that MODOK live action would improve it. I, I wonder what would, and I've thought a lot about this because the humor is not for me. This is not my style of comedy. The um, claymation uh, robot chicken style of animation is not for me. And I don't know how, I don't have a, a concrete way to be like, this would be better if. Um, I, I thought about if it was a drama because honestly the last like three minutes of the entire first season, that's when I was like, this is interesting. And that was kind of a drama. And I went, oh, what if this series wasn't a comedy? Because maybe the comedy is what didn't work for me. Um, so that's how I feel. I, I, I didn't answer your question so much as be like, I want to fix it. What did you think about MODOK? Right, yeah. So I'm going to say I don't know who this style of comedy is for. I think that's what I really struggled with with this series in particular. Um, you know, I wasn't sure who it was geared towards um, at any given moment. And so I agree that the final episode, the last few minutes of the final episode made it a bit more intriguing. But by that time, I'd already completely checked out because I had just been watching these episodes waiting for it to be something and feeling like it was just a lot of nothing. Um, you know, I think that Modoc as a supervillain juggling his family, just like it says in the quick cap, could be an entertaining series. Um, and in the end, you know, when it's like, the, because the, the show dabbles into time travel. And so when it's like Modoc's throughout time, trying to basically get him to feel something so that he, they can push him into being the supervillain that he's meant to be, I'm like, oh yeah, that would be intriguing. But everything else in between was like, what is happening and why? I found myself saying that often. Um, it's just, it just doesn't stick whatever it's going for for me. And so maybe part of the problem is it doesn't stick it because maybe it doesn't know what it's going for. Um, 
but yeah, I felt like, eh. um, you know, for me, I will say that um, when I was in college, they released uh, Team America, which I absolutely adored, actually, because um, I thought the jokes for that time period were just like really funny. Um, it was doing something new, kind of fresh. You know, I was actually really intrigued by that. Um, and this felt like they were trying a little bit to be like Team America to me, but without, I don't know, without an, I don't, without an actual plot. So maybe, maybe to your point, in order to fix Modoc, maybe it's a movie. Because mm. I think that like a series may be too ambitious in the sense that like it, it just doesn't know what it's doing. Uh, but if we had a film and we just had a set, you know, hour and a half to two hours, maybe that's just what they needed to make it what they wanted. So, I mean, honestly, you know, them and seeing Third Eye Blind in concert was the most intriguing part for me. And then, you know, talking about Night Court being a dynamic TV show, which I was like, it is, but otherwise, I was just kind of like, uh. it's yeah, you bring up some really great points. I, I love time travel. So I enjoyed the time. All of the time travel elements was interesting and fun. Um, I will say one of the other positives is I expected it to be like super. Um, this is the story of the week kind of, uh, you know, boring. Like this is the drama of the week. But it was one full long story, which I did like. Um, and to your point, maybe it should have been like a three, one hour mini series. <laughs> like that's, that would have, I think, benefited it. Um, and maybe more of a dramedy, like more drama. I, I don't know. It, it, I think you're right. It was very ambitious. Um, and I think that it didn't land anywhere. In terms of the humor, I feel like it would do well on Adult Swim. Um, and, and, you know, there are very few things on Adult Swim that I will personally watch, but I think that there's enough range of odd comedy there that this might fit there really well. Yeah, the more that I think about it, I'm like, if we could take the super large time travel episode, blend that with the kidnapping episode, mm. um, you know, add that to the final episode. Really, that's your entire story. And you could like actually be okay with that being like the basis of the show. And take that first episode and like make it oh, yeah. 15 minutes, like here's what you need to know. And because 98% of the time, it's just Modoc really being sad that he's not an Avenger and trying to get in with, you know, the Marvel soups that we all know from uh, the MCU. Uh, and being shunned 98% of the time by them and then being shunned by the villains. So yes, take that piece of him being an outsider because that will play into his supervillain reign, uh, essentially. And I think that's what you have. Trim it, trim it, trim it. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then maybe even add a little extra piece um, on the villainy side, mm -hmm. you know, so that it's not so much of a cliffhanger at the end right? Uh, with you guys thinking that there's going to be a season two. Like... We don't know that there's going to be a season two. Yeah. So, you know, if it were a feature film, maybe we could have like, you know, spent an extra 10 minutes to kind of wrap that up and, you know, not have a cliffhanger. Yeah. I Speaking of our beloved MCU characters, I will say there were in at least the first two episodes I caught and the end, like I caught so many really great Easter egg references. Um, 
that if you've watched all of the films and shield and like if you have watched it all like we have you're going to catch a lot of really fun little nods um they also introduce new characters in this mm -hmm. show they introduce wonder man which I actually liked how they do it based on the fallout of Modoc's relationship with his wife. They introduced Wonder Man and, you know, like I, I'm kind of digging that element too, like, oh, okay, yay. And Wonder Man is essentially everything that Modoc is not. So it is an intriguing kind of storyline that, like, you know, she's a mom of two in her prime trying to figure out if she wants to, you know, navigate this. And she has another option. And this option is, you know, on paper, I guess, 10 times better. Uh, but here we are, right? So um, I am like, oh, okay. So there are things about it I think that could work. I just think that this format does not. And uh, it will be very hard for people, I think, to um, stick with it if this is not your brand, your style of comedy. Yeah, I also the cast, like the voice cast is incredible. Um, yes. You know, Pat Oswald, he's been killing it with voices for many years and has only, I think, recently gotten such um, praise for it. And he's always been fantastic. Uh, so that was fun. Um, yeah, just really I guess we everyone. should know. We should know. Like, it is not the voice performances at all. I think it's just the structure um, and then the writing at times. Because, you know, again, we could have cut out, in my personal opinion, a lot of this and made it kind of one uh, cohesive story. But to your point, yes, Patton does a fantastic job. I mean, realistically, like um, Nathan um, Fillion is in it, Whoopi Goldberg, Bill Hader, John Hamm, like literally the voice cast is incredible. And yeah. also very distinct because you know who's who. Like I do yes. immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's Whoopi. Like, oh, like you can tell while you're watching it who it is. So they do a great job there, it's just, Man, I just, I want it more. <laughs> well, on that note, we should rate it here at Super Lady Hero Hour. We rate everything on a scale from poop to kittens. Uh, where would you place the first season of Marvel's MODOK? Yeah, the first season, that's actually going to be really hard. So there are some episodes that are very clear poops for me, like very much so. Um, and then there are episodes where, like the time travel episode, the kidnapping episode, where I'm like, oh, okay, that could be a kitten for me, maybe leaning heavily towards a spoon, but it could still be a kitten, even in the final one. So honestly, like if I average them all out across the board, I would probably have to give it a poop because I don't think <laughs> in, in the whole season, there are only really three episodes that stood out to me, mm. quite frankly, you know, where I was like, oh, okay, I'm intrigued by these concepts. That's three out of 10. So, I mean, you know, realistically, if we're looking at the sheer mathematics for me, um, it's definitely not something that I would watch again. Um, I want everyone to make their own opinion. So I would recommend it in saying that it is not for me <laughs> with that kind of caveat. Um, but everyone should watch, you know, if that's your thing. But yeah, for me, I mean, it really, really out of the 10, it was only three that I was like, oh, okay. And um, quite frankly, I kind of feel like I'm being generous because even the final episode, I liked like half of the final episode, mm -hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, okay, um, what about you? How are you going to rate the first season? Um, I want to be nice and give it a spoon, um, but I did not like it. So <laughs> I'm 
I'm also going to give it a poop. I wanted to, I really wanted to give it a spoon, but since not a single episode would have been a kitten for me, it feels weird oh. to yeah, move that, it. What? No. Not even the time travel? No, that was, that one was a spoon. Ah, <laughs> At best, okay. it was a spoon. Okay. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, it's two poops for us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's dive into who we feel like kind of the performer of the series is. Um, you know, if you've joined us before, you know, we like to give props to the performers and the series. And so uh, since we are doing the entire series and not just one episode, who are you going with as the performer of season one? I'm going to go with Amy Garcia, who played Jody, um, because I always think of her as young and sweet. And to get to see just by her voice, um, her performing as an adult, as a mom, as someone who married Modoc, uh, she really, I think, killed it. Because I believed it. I did believe that this was his ex-wife, um, yeah. which is amazing. Because again, like I know her from Dexter and Lucifer. And in my head, she's a teenage girl, even though she is a grown ass adult. Um, so I appreciate that she was able to do that. What about you? Who is your performer of the week? Yeah, no, or it's definitely season. gonna go to Amy uh, Garcia for the series. You know, I think that Jody's character arc is actually one of the more interesting parts of the series in the sense that, you know, she's married to Modoc um, and, oftentimes really just kind of thrown into the background because Modoc is very self-serving. Um, you know, he is all about himself, really. He doesn't even actually care about those kids, I feel like 98% of the time. So she's raising these kids. She's kind of always in a shadow. Then she creates something that she wants to put out into the world that she wants to market and people are really into it. So when her book comes out, it's like a turning of a leaf for her and she realizes her worth and she's like, yeah, I can't be in this relationship. Like I need to be doing other things. And she kind of stands up for herself in a, mm -hmm. in a great way. And so I'm like, I'm going to go with that because her arc is truly the, the most kind of um, full circle in a sense. Like sure. she's, she becomes who she's always meant to be, I think, through this series. So yeah, I'm definitely going with, with Amy as well. Um, all right. So next up, this is a very odd thing to have, quite frankly, but style icon of the series because everything is done so weird in this show. Like sometimes it's claymation, sometimes they have like animated parts, sometimes it's so. Um, yeah, who are you going with for style icon of the series? All right, so the, like you said, this is a hard one. I'm gonna give it to Monica um, because because she sometimes her outfit reminded me of Shigo from Kim Possible. Mm, um, okay. And I like that. So that's why. Um, otherwise, I would give it to Melissa's hair because I did like <laughs> Melissa's hair. I'm going to give it to Melissa's suit-ish because, bless, how do we determine that out of the two kids that were being born, that Melissa would be the one to be in this suit um, that mirrors her, her father? I just... I couldn't stop staring at it because I was like, wow, but they did try to put like their own personal touches on it. Um, and, you know, I appreciate that. But Melissa, my goodness. Yes. You know, um, interesting to even, even, even have that because it's just the way it's shot is so yep. interesting. But 
All right, and finally, what was the OMG or WTF moment of the series for you? I think that I watched it. I think that's where my moment is. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, so I think that one thing that I will say I was surprised by was the fact that all of those replicas of, of his family were not actually them. So I was surprised by that little plot twist in the storyline. I felt like mm. I just thought, you know, I thought the inevitable happened and, you know, his family has changed their minds and yet look, here we are. So that was like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and then when they decided to, to keep both lose, I think, yeah, I'll, I think I'll also give it to the lose at the bar mitzvah where they did, I believe the dance from Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. I was like, wait a second, are they doing Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion dance? They do a lot of 90s nods in there, um, which would almost 100% sell me, I feel like, in any other yeah. TV series because I adore it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, in this show, like, I may have just been like, oh, and then, you know, moved on. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be it for it. All right. Well, that's all we have about um, Marvel's Modoc on Hulu. Um, if you have not checked that out yet, the entire first season drops on Friday, May 21st on Hulu um, until next episode of Super Lady Hero Hour. KB, where are you and what are you up to? Yeah, everyone, you can follow me on social media per usual at the Lady KB. That's T-H-E-L-A-D-Y-K-A-Y-B on Instagram and Twitter only. Follow that for all updates about any interviews and any updates on Super Lady Hero Hour on our regular time, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. PT, 7 p.m. Eastern. How about you, Yell? Where can everyone find you? I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y A E L T Y G I E L, including Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, everywhere. Um, and of course, Wednesdays talking Super Lady Hero Hour, Sundays talking Launder SVU. Um, and I think that's about it for now. Thanks awesome. for joining us, everybody. We will see you next time. Thanks.